0: Monica Matthews Matthew show. Matthew show. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews show. Happy Tuesday to you, America and beyond. So the House Democrats never sleep. Unfortunately, the House Republicans seem to consistently sleep on the job. We have Ke- Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> excuse me. Tweets out today. Democrats' Competes Act would weaken America and embolden the Chinese Communist Party. What is the America Concedes Act? <laughs> I mean, there's a whole lot of concession going on. Okay, here we are the Concedes Act. You ready? So first, it would allow research funding to freely flow to colleges and universities that host Confucius Institutes, which the Chinese Communist Party uses to exert influence influence on campuses. Number two, it creates a $45 billion slush fund that can be used by labor unions and other political allies of the administration. Number three, $8 billion to the unaccountable UN Green Climate Fund, which has given $100 million to the CCP. Uh, Number four, it creates a new immigration program of unlimited green cards for high-skilled foreign nationals such as outstanding professors and researchers, end quote, A documented source of Chinese espionage with no national security safeguards. And last but not least, mentions, quote, coral reefs more than China and allocates millions in funding to environmental projects for foreign governments. Does this sound like it is America first? No, it does not. So, uh, you know, it's the competes act. Right. That's the formal name of it is the Competes Act. Uh, GOP Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has, uh, you know, outdone himself with the Concedes Act. It absolutely is the Concedes Act. You know, I got to tell you, it feels like we're conceding the entire country, you know? Um, I believe. That most of you would agree that it appears that we're conceding in a number of ways, whether it's our education system, which I had a fantastic guest on yesterday. If you missed him, please go take a listen. Mr. John Collick, Jr., of Isle of Wight School Board in Virginia, very important conversation because I am certain that if he is experiencing this on on his uh, on his board of education uh, with a Republican governor who has come in and basically you know promises made, promises kept by the way of uh, Glenn Youngkin, I am certain that your uh, county boards of education are too uh, riddled with uh, partisanship, politicization of your children's curriculum, of uh, mask mandates, you know, things that more and more, uh, more in the medical profession, quite honestly, are coming out to say, yes, it is child abuse. It is not healthy. We are seeing all forms of bacterial infections, brain infections, sinus cavity infections, uh, whether that's from jabs, breathing in your own bacteria where it festers all day long, you know, in that little incubator on your face, uh, whatever the case may be, or it could be vaccinations. It could be all three, right? There's a number of things that can, can be contributed, attributed to that, but you cannot deny the fact that there is an uptick. So you have ENTs, excuse me, pediatric ENTs across the country who are who are who are saying that in startling numbers, they are seeing these very concerning uh, infections in children. And so, you know, listen, if you're one of those families who believes that your face masks will protect your kids and you are attempting to hijack the liberty of everyone else around you, I would encourage you to simply keep your own kid masked up right and 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 stop with the madness of attempting to overthrow autonomy in this country and people's constitutional rights I mean we listen it's going to be interesting to see what they pull out of their hat next because the covid uh narrative is crumbling it is it is disassembling very quickly around the globe. Now, we seem to be behind the curb uh the curb, I love it, behind the curve. And Denmark, as of yesterday, came out and said, we're done. We're done. No more passports. No more masks. Like, no, we're not. Nope. (laughs) Mandates are over. You know, do what you want. We're good. And, uh, you know, that seems to be uh, unraveling. Even in Canada today, there were some grumblings uh, from their, um, I was about to say, religious leaders, which is honestly it's probably a little bit of a Freudian slip because if you think about it, there are many people worshiping at the church of COVID. And so, you know, their uh, politicians have, have have come out and said, you know what, I think we're on the downside of this. Now, I am skeptical. I mean, you you will never again convince me, <clears throat> excuse me, that it is safe to think that anyone in government might have your best interest at heart. Not that I ever thought they had our best interest at heart, but I honestly had no idea in my lifetime. I've never experienced such grotesque fascist overreach. And so I know it's totally possible. And I don't care if you've got a House full of Republicans and a a Senate full of Republicans. I don't care. Uh, Many of your Republicans have voted on with these mask mandates. They have not stood for your constitutional rights, nor will they ever, unless it is politically expedient for them. And so I would encourage you to pay attention to what's going on right now in your state legislatures. And I will say, excuse me, um... Got some stuff in my throat today. I was going to read this to you. Uh, This is happening in my great peach state of Georgia. Uh, You have gubernatorial candidates duking it out in court. Uh, Brian Kemp, who we all know President Donald Trump abhors. Like, there's no other way to put that. These two will, I believe, never make political peace, right? I do hope they make their peace on this side of eternity, before either one of them goes to be with the Lord. But uh, as it stands, they are not in favor of each other. And um, I'm going to read this to you. <clears throat> Excuse me. So here's the story. Uh, Purdue files lawsuit against Kemp to raise... Uh, that allow- So here's the deal. Uh There is a law that has been passed. I can't really say it's under the radar because your GOP agreed with this. It passed the House and the Senate here in Georgia and the governor signed it, which basically allows himself to raise unlimited funds, okay, and During the legislative session, which we know by law historically has been completely a no-no. That is illegal. If you are serving in your state legislature, you are not to be raising funds during a legislative session. That is just off limits. Well, not anymore. (laughs) And you got to love it. Right. So, so see, when you think and some of you are like, well, who cares? At least they're Republicans. No, it matters. Because if we've learned nothing else during 2020, hopefully it's that the Democrats and Republicans have a whole lot in common with the way uh, in the way of shenanigans and the ability to usurp all constitutionality and including but not limited to our uh, beloved election grid. Right. So this right here, David Perdue, I guess, has decided, you know what? <clears throat> Since I'm going to primary you, Governor Kemp, um, he is taking him to task. He has filed a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of Georgia Senate Bill two twenty one, which allows Kemp as well as a handful of state legislative leaders to set up leadership funds or committees that can haul in and spend unlimited amounts of campaign cash. Word of Purdue's firing, uh, filing was shared fir- first nationally with Fox News. <coughs> Excuse me. The bill was approved during Georgia's 2020 legislative session, mostly along party lines with the GOP-controlled chambers, and Kemp quietly signed the measure into law last May. Kemp's campaign created the Georgians' first leadership committee in June, just days after the new law went into effect. <laughs> and, and, and this is, this is interesting because this is where they hide. Kemp's committee doesn't have to adhere to the current fundraising caps for statewide candidates in Georgia, but challengers are not exempt from the campaign cash limits. The current cap is $14,000 per election cycle from individuals, although more can be raised by candidates if there's a primary election as well. But these guys, his, his quote, his, quote, committee, okay, uh, is allowed to fundraise when the Georgia legislature is in session. Unlike the, the governor's reelection campaign. Okay. So this is how they skirt around this, right? They just create a they just create a committee. Like and so uh nuance, right? Devil's in the details, but so is God. And don't ever forget that. And so here, here, so here, it's like, well, we're not really raising funds. The governor's not. See, someone from his administration would take me to task for saying that he's raising funds, because those are just that's just minutia. But the minutia matters. There you go. There's a tagline: the minutia matters always, right? Especially in politics and legislation. Anything to do with law. So the minutia matters, and you've got Governor Kemp, who now has a a PAC, basically, right, his committee, is able to raise funds while he is acting as governor during the legislative session. Well, that gives him a distinct advantage over his opponents. And it would do the same for anyone else who has, you know, uh, grandfathered themselves into this mess. And so kudos to uh, David Perdue. For taking this on now, I will say I spoke with a friend of mine today who is very much so in the know in georgia politics, and i 'll be honest with you guys i have I have backed myself away from a lot of state politics i've been focused on you know things that are going to last such as kingdom principles and And, you know, real issues that you guys are contending with, COVID, getting you guys resources, pointing you in the right direction, you know, ministering to people who feel like they just want to drive off a cliff, uh, you know, trying to be a, a stabilizer in a very turbulent time in our country. So, you know, and what I've learned through 2020 is that this whole thing is just a big ball of nothing it is a giant nothing burger where uh you've got your speaker of the house here in the state of Georgia who has who has who has been dastardly for years this is nothing new okay and and he has managed to gerrymander so many different districts. And this is coming from sources who are in the Capitol, who are outside of the Capitol. And I can read with my own two eyes, you know, he's playing political chess with people's districts, uh, uh, including, but not limited to uh, representative uh, Marjorie Taylor green, which is going to be interesting. You know, they they've given up the ghost in one particular, the seventh congressional district to the Democrats. Right. And then they've moved Marjorie, uh, to expand over into Cobb County. And Cobb County has some uh, some relatively blue hotbeds, I'm not going to lie. I mean, they've been trying to flip. They've been trying to make Cobb red again for the past you know, six years. So, And it's been an uphill climb. And so she's going to have that to contend with, where had she stayed exactly where she was with her constituency, um, she probably would have had a lifelong career if she wanted to in the United States Congress because they love her. And she has represented her district very well. Not to mention, she's represented most people in the United States pretty well, whether you like her personality or her antics or not. She has actually stood for things that other people simply refuse to stand for. She has given a voice. She has, shined, she's, she has shined a light on what's happening with the abuse with the J6 prisoners. Um, she has been out. I mean, the woman is under assault every second of the day. Because she is you know, she is willing to take on the beast and shining light on things that most people did not know, such as your legislators, including but not limited to Republicans, do not show up for floor votes. They don't. So she found a way to kind of make that uncomfortable for them. Well, you start making people uncomfortable who are accustomed to doing things a certain way all these years, and getting away with it, and you not knowing much or not caring. Right, Because you think, well, I donated, I did my part, I came to your campaign stuff, I believed in you, and I'm trusting you to do the right thing. Well, those days are over. Sorry. Those days of us, of just kind of abdicating, are over. You cannot afford, if we by some stroke of a miracle of God end up taking the House and the Senate back in in 2022, and I know most of you are like, what does that mean? Exactly what I said. You have a lot this is an uphill climb. That, that you are you are literally rolling a snowball uphill on a 120 degree day with regard to 2022. And I'm not saying that to discourage you. I'm just telling you to set your expectations uh marginally. Like like set them, do your part, show up and vote and then hold like realistic, manage your expectations. Because you have a lot of things working against you for 2022. The whole country does. If the Biden administration does not get us into a kinetic war, it will only be by the grace of God. Because I believe there's literally nothing that they and their handlers will not do to keep us from overturning, the, from ever seeing another uh, a free and fair election. And whenever I say overturning, let me clarify myself, for those of you who listen to my show for gotcha moments, um, what I mean is, uh, flipping the House and the Senate through a legal measure called an election. That's what I mean by overturning the power structure, right, during a legitimate election. Something called the midterms, which is coming up. So there. And I believe there's nothing they would not stoop to to maintain their power. So in the state of Georgia, you have the Speaker of the House who is basically overturned, four or five districts in order to get one gentleman out in the name by the name of Philip Singleton because Philip Singleton was the single biggest thorn in the Speaker of the House's butt right especially with regard to 2020 and Philip saw exactly what was going on and he's not been quiet about it and so the Speaker has made it you know damn near impossible for, you know, for decent people to serve. And I got to tell you, when the Democrats of today love you and you are the House, I mean, you are the Speaker of the House, which means that, you know, you have the majority, <laughs> uh, you are the majority in, in your state legislature and your, um, your Democrats in your House love you and they trust you. That's something to watch out for. So we have a soup sandwich on our hands here in the state of Georgia, and and we are not, and we're ground zero for all soup sandwiches and and uh, football bats. So you got to know if we're going through it, you know for sure your state legislatures are going through it, right? So you're going to have to keep your eye on both balls, like every ball, and you should have a your own constituency. You should have your own campaigns, uh, your own districts right? Just break it down so that you have uh, your own committees of people who are keeping an eye on legislation, uh, candidates who are running, uh, incumbents, uh, primary candidates, you know, uh, also keeping your eye on the Democrats and who they're going to be running against your candidates, you know, all of the gerrymandering, all of the little shenanigans, all the legislation coming through. That's how you're going to have to play this from now on. The days of abdication are completely over. Uh, in other news, I am—I uh, was in a Twitter space last night, and someone I've interviewed uh, in the past, and uh, someone who I have respect for, uh, just popped into a space that a friend of mine was hosting. That uh, we've been tag teaming on hosting, co-hosting. He normally co-hosts for me, um, and we have a lot of fun. He—he's great, and his uh, name is Christopher. Uh, so anytime you see him in, you know, on Twitter, absolutely pop into that. Uh, he is, um, so he was hosting just this random, you know, let's just pop onto his space. So I popped in to see what he was, you know, talking about. And it uh, had something to do with COVID. And so I peer down in the group and I see that Zach For- Voorhees is, is in the group with us. So I invited Zach up to introduce himself to the audience. Uh, Zach was the uh, Google whistleblower. He is an engineer. He worked for Google for a number of years, uh, and finally, his conscious conscience got the better half of him and uh, got the better half of him i'm just like one of these days today got the best of him and <laughs> and uh, he blew the whistle on uh, Google and uh, I believe he said last night he turned over his laptop to the DOJ um, you know got himself an attorney and put the truth out there of what Google was doing to um, aggregate data, as well as, you know, how they basically black hole, um, you know, certain sites, certain keywords, certain people, uh, you know, it's a mess. And so I'm bringing him up because I'd love for you to just go check him out. at His website, Zach dot V-O-R-H-E-I-S.com. Uh, and you can check out his book, uh, his work, I believe that list of things that are blacklisted, Uh, put into the black hole ether world of Google so that you can never find it, um, is there as well. Now, I will say he recommended using DuckDuckGo, and that is what he uses as a search engine. So for those of you who are still stuck on Google, uh, I would encourage you to switch uh, to your main search engine being that of uh, DuckDuckGo. And, and that's what I use. Uh, that's what Zach uses. But it was really cool. It was also a little alarming listening to him and just kind of the things that he sees coming in the future in the way of transhumanism, artificial intelligence, um, you know, things that are already kind of working out through this vaccine. And I got to tell you, it was really cool having him in because, you know, sometimes in other spaces I've been in, along with Christopher, we have been accused of being conspiracy theorists, even by our own uh, because there are people, even who are on the right, who just cannot accept that there is a whole other thing at work uh, in this world. That, you know, if, if you take any time at all to just open your mind and do some searching, uh, it's right in front of you. It is right in front of you. But, you know, some people are busy with careers and with family. And, you know, and, and if the information is not within their, uh, known or preferred wheelhouse, it's very difficult for them to accept that there are other, you know, galaxies out there, <laughs> if you will. And so it was cool having him in the space. You know, my DMS were full of people who were like so blown away and excited and grateful and others who just felt like, you know, a project that Zach, uh, Zach is working on. Uh, did not sit well with them. I think some of that could have been misconstrued or understood Um, you know, but you know, he opened up and was very candid. Unfortunately, we did not record the space, but, uh, we are going to have Zach back on my show very soon. So stay tuned to that. Also in other news, I'm very excited to announce that tomorrow evening, Wednesday, uh, what date is that? The 2nd of February, um, we will have Mr. Nick Searcy on one of my spaces. So I'm very excited about that. He's going to come on. And uh, talk about his new movie, Capital Punishment. Okay, And this is about J6. I'm sure we will, you know, the conversation always expands in these spaces. I will be taking uh, questions and uh, not necessarily comments. I'd like to keep this to questions. Uh, His time is very valuable. Uh, and he's making you know time to come on and talk to us about it. Uh, he's been an entertainment and movie maker for years. Uh, you can go to IMDb and see his profile, Nick Searcy. You can also follow him on Twitter. He is extraordinarily vocal uh, socio politically. Uh, he lives in uh, Los Angeles as a conservative, so you can imagine how fun that is. Uh, but he will be on with me tomorrow night. Um, what are we doing? We are doing eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. (laughs) So we're going to do 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, yeah, so I look forward to seeing you guys there. All you got to do is hop on Twitter, go to my Twitter handle, which is Monica on air talk, or the uh, or Monica Matthews. I keep saying the Monica Matthews because that's what I was on Facebook. But uh, Monica Matthews on uh on air is is also how you can find me on twitter and i will have a link up you can set a reminder and at 8 p.m eastern standard time tomorrow evening uh, it will pop up as you can listen you just simply click on listen if you have any questions that you would like to submit ahead of time you are welcome to do that through my dms on twitter so i can keep them all in one place that would be helpful thank you uh yeah there's no telling where the conversation will go I, I certainly have questions about entertainment, uh, you know, with regard to culture, politics, where are we going, um, you know, w- where do you see us moving in terms of the giant, uh, you know, apparatus or or the entertainment industrial complex is how I like to refer to it. Also, you know, you got to understand that the entertainment industrial complex has always been a little bit captive to the national security apparatus. Always. It has never been... Um, outside of its reach, so uh, not that far anyway. So you know we're going to touch on a little bit of that too. You know he is uh, he's he's extremely affable. Um, he he is. Uh, I I like I like Nick. He's cool people. You will too. Uh, he's he is very just like here it is. You don't like it, whatever. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just a solid dude. So looking forward to having him on again. Join us tomorrow evening, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitter, on Twitter Spaces. Again, you can find that at my uh, Twitter handle before long. So that's all I wanted to pop in and chat with you guys about today. Uh, I also just want to encourage you you know there's there's a lot going on and and i hear it in your voices and i i'm so glad for these spaces even though it seems like it's about to take a horrific turn in having uh moderators in your spaces in real time uh twitter moderators can you imagine it's like meeting your friend at a at a bar for a cocktail and you having to have a representative from the government present to moderate your conversation i mean it's so ridiculous we're so scared of each other. And it's just really sad. It's very demonic, to be honest with you. Um, So I want to encourage you, you know, just to continue to keep your eyes up, right? Look to the hills from whence your help comes from. That was a scripture I woke up to this morning, right? Your help comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from government. It doesn't come from your neighbor, although it can, and it's wonderful when it does. And he does work through us. Keep that in mind. But your help comes from the Lord, and sometimes when you're sitting at home by yourself at night and you are by yourself and you are alone you are alone, um, it's scary for a lot of you, and you don't feel like and I can relate to that as well you do feel alone. It's hard to believe that you're not in this scary world by yourself, but this is when it really matters to grab a hold of the Lord's hand. And even if you have the grain of a mustard seed of faith, start reading those those scripture words to tuck them away into your heart. And whenever you need them, your soul will call upon them, and they will be the things that shelter you. The word will shelter you. But the only way for the word to really shelter you, not that he can't do it without your knowledge, but for you to be an active participant with God in a in a communal in a communal relationship like as in communion and fellowship with him. Let's just say that the whole world goes to pot, right? Let's say we were hit by an EMP. I don't know what could happen. No one does, but let's just say we were. There's no means of communication. Everything is dark. People have become marauders. They're scavengers, right? Because they haven't prepared and they're scared and it's become very violent you know, A, are you prepared for a time like that? Do you have a plan of action in place? And B, once you get to your your place, or if you're just hunkered down where you are, um, do you have a fellowship and relationship with God to the extent that you can take your peace even in the midst of that horror? And if your answer to that is no, then there's no time like the present to start to foster that relationship. None. There's no time like the present. So I I want to encourage you to, you know, whatever it is that is stealing your attention, that is holding itself out in front of you as more important, whether it's worry, it could be a belief system, it could be feelings, it could be a person, an addiction, it could be your job, it could even be your kids, it could be your family, right? That wherever your identity is, that is just sucking every ounce of energy out of you, Um, I want to encourage you to, to pray for God to pour into you a desire to foster more time and more fellowship with him. That's something I prayed specifically for today. Because I remember a time when I coveted that time and I would not let, I was so jealous for that time with God. I didn't want anything or anyone to come in between that. I didn't want alcohol to alter my state or food choices because you know food can alter all of that, right? And it satiates us to the point where we're like, "Well, we're good. We're, we we feel good, right?" Many of you feel like food is all you have, and I, I get that. I understand that, and I hear from a lot of people are in that who are in that position. But food is not all you have. And Jesus said, you know, the kingdom of God is more than food and clothing. It's more than food, drink, and clothing, right? And all those things God will provide. But in these times, why am I I encouraging you, exhorting you to please, I am pleading with you, to please pray, if, if that is your will, not mine. But I'm encouraging you to consider praying that God would fulfill a desire in your heart, pour into you a desire in your heart to spend more time with him. Because in the coming days, and now starting now, it is very important to be able to hear and to discern our Father's voice, and He is the author of liberty and justice. He just is love, liberty, and justice. That's who He is. He's the author of life. That is not a plug for my show, Life, Love, and Liberty. (laughs) Uh, But he, he, I believe that fundamentally, and most of you who follow me do as well. You're my family. You know, we all, again, you know where my heart is on this. And so with that, the big announcement is that my Bible study is going to be about discerning the voice of God. And I'm very excited also to announce that I will uh, be uh, co-hosting. There's a gentleman in um, Canada who I've become uh, acquainted with. And just, I I love him, love what he stands for. He goes by Rampart on uh, on Twitter, and he's great. And he is an on-air personality in Canada. Uh, he's got a wonderful voice. Whenever you hear him, you'll know why. And we're going to host a space together. We're going to get together and, and plan it out. We're going to host a space and just have a conversation about what it is to discern the voice of God, to pour that into you guys. And uh, But God gave me that a couple of weeks ago, that that will be uh you know he asked that after if if we could do that together after i you know made a comment about being able to discern there's a there's a marked difference between um uh between discernment and you know just obviously being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine out here um and you know trusting your eyes right and as you're scrambling to trust whatever little tidbit of information you feel like you can find um, you know God really does have wisdom and knowledge that he can pour out to you supernaturally and what's really needed most in order to be able to make conscientious conscientious critically thinking thought out decisions is peace of mind right you need to have peace of mind and right now the whole world is in its lizard brain and uh, and that's not, that's not a sound place for us to be in order to make the decisions we need to make to get through these times and not just survive through these times. Although we may come to that, there may be a season of survival in this world in the, in our generation. And, but you know, if we're going to survive and if we're going to live, Jesus said he came to give us life and life more abundant. And I believe we can do that no matter what the circumstances are. And so it takes, it takes faith It takes communion. It takes fellowship with the word to have that, to be able to call upon that down in your bones whenever you need it, whenever your faith is being tested and to be able to speak out loud to the liars of the kingdom of darkness who come just, you know, especially when you're by yourself, especially whenever you're down. Sometimes it's whenever you're on the mountaintop. Some of you cannot enjoy the, the victories in your lives because the enemy's right there. He gets to the finish line before you do to just body slam you as soon as you cross the finish line, you know, with worry that something bad is going to happen. And I get that. That's also part of the trauma mindset. And so, you know, it's having the word of God down in your bones is like, you can speak to those things and cast them down, cast those mountains into the sea. So I want to encourage you, you know, every day, get up, put on the full armor of God, the, the helmet of salvation. You have the mind of Christ, cover your ears and your eyes from things that you do not need to see or hear, right? Put a bridle in that mouth of yours. That's something that all of us should be praying for, right? Put a bit in that, in that mouth, um, you know, submit your entire body to God and for his purposes, Um, you know, allow God to order your steps, you know, things of that nature. You've got the breastplate of righteousness. You have the belt of truth. You have the sword of the spirit. You have the, uh, the, uh, shield of faith. And last but not least, you have the shoes of peace. And so the good news is wherever you go, you know, bring your peace with you. And uh, like the Bible says, if they won't take your peace, they won't accept your peace. Then dust your feet, keep moving. It's just that simple. So, and that goes, that, that flies in the face of every social narrative right now, which says that, you know, if if someone is not mentally well, then you have to agree with their mental illness. And if you don't, then you're homophobic, xenophobic, what, whatever the phobia of the day is, right? You're some kind of a radical racist uh, if you don't agree with, you know, where people are mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, because you have your own spiritual convictions, Right. Or you have your own education on things and in your own mind about things. You know, I mean, we used to live in a country where that was OK to uh, not only uh, have, but to exercise. <laughs> but uh, those days are rapidly coming to an end. So or they're definitely transitioning. So it's important for you to understand that, you know, have your feet planted firmly in the ground beneath your feet. Right. Beneath you. Make sure that your feet are planted in the word so whenever the storms come, you are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, especially doctrines of devils. Okay, until tomorrow, you know where to find me. On Twitter, I'm MonicaMatthews.com. Be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. Jump into Pepper's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Pepper play sets. Pepper Pig, inspiring kid confidence.